John? Okay. 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 Any other? Praises and prayer requests. Right. Yep. Vent as he goes through, continues his treatment. Um, any other? Uh, continue to pray for the Amanda Haywood family. Uh, Amanda passed away on the 30th. Uh, so keep Dwayne and the children in your prayers. Are there any others? Yeah, uh, let's see. Go ahead, Ms. Ms. Karen. I'd like to pray for the children in all the schools okay. in the country. Okay. Chase? Unspoken. Hmm? Unspoken? Okay. Any other? Any praises? I praise God for a great uh, Sunday school class this morning. Yeah. Yeah. We had special visitors. Yeah. Praise of Karen gave a praise this morning about her brother and her family. Amen. That was a praise. Amen. Any other praises? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, they've, um, it's worked out so beautifully for my family and um, Christian and his wife and the two girls have moved down to Boulder, Colorado. Okay. And they're all settled in and uh, I thank you for all the prayers. Yes, ma'am. Good. Any other? One more, for our youth. Praise God that Amen. Mr. Doster. I just like to praise him and thank him for his mercy, for his love, and for his goodness. Yes, ma'am. The Bible says his mercies are new every day. Yeah. And I certainly have uh, enjoyed his mercies and I appreciate Yes, ma'am. And, and, and that's a praise, you know, uh, to see Miss Doster here today. Uh, that, I'm, I'm glad to see you. I, I usually check you at Brian's house, but it's good to see you here today. Uh, any other? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for each one that was mentioned on this prayer list, Lord. We lift them up to you. Um, you know the circumstances. We ask you to invade those circumstances, Lord, uh, for your kingdom. Lord, the praises that were lifted, our youth, and, and the mercy that we receive from you on a daily basis that we so take for granted. Lord, we love you. Uh, I ask you, Lord, to, to fill this place and all the unspokens that we have and those on this prayer list, Lord, uh, everyone we lift up when we do our devotions, 
We love you. We count on you, Lord. Most of the time, we run to you when it's trouble and there's nowhere else to go. Lord, we long, and I long for when we run to you when it's thank you, thank you. When it's Lord, I had an amazing day today. Thank you. I wish, Lord, that we would pray for the lost with the fervency that we pray for the sick. Lord, you know the situations and we lift them up to you. I ask you to bless this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before we do this uh, offering, offertory hymn, I have one little thing I want to do and I'm going to step down and do it. I got some things I need to pass up. You know, on Christmas today, we did a bat, we did baptism. And then in my drawer, I found a, a late one that, uh, I, I'll read the date for you in a minute. See? He was baptized on Christmas morning along with Addie. And uh, this one was December the 2nd, 2018. And I'm just now finding it in my head. Miss Laura. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You don't want to know. <laughs> the desk is uh, I think it's something else. I have a sign on the side of enter at your own risk. All right, Stephen. Please stand. Offertory hymn is number three. Worthy of worship.
time to come worship you, you surely are worthy. Lord, we pray that you bless this offering and pray that you bless each and every individual. You know us better than we know ourselves. Pray to bless each and every individual according to what we need to We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, good morning, and uh, I have the great privilege of uh, introducing uh, Reverend Keith Doster, uh, which is Robin's brother, uh, and he's going to talk to us about the mission that they have in, uh, in Mexico uh, for the deaf, and uh, having a member of our extended family that is deaf, uh, I understand the, uh, the particulars and the difficulties in some, you know, here in the United States... We have a system uh, that works. You know, we have sign language and we have uh, uh, teachers that teach them how to read lips. And then we have on the phone, you can, they can speak or they can type and it comes on the phone and you can hear an automated voice. Well, where they're at, they're having to start from scratch. <clears throat> Not only are they having to develop the language, but they're also having to develop the schools to teach them. And, and, and so that's what... Brother Keith is going to present to us, and when he gets through, and uh, right before we end the service, we're going to do a love offering, and uh, and I'm sure that Keith will also have a uh, uh, some information on if you want to become a, uh, uh, a consistent partner with them uh, financially, that you'll be able to do that. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Keith, and I'm going to go sit back and... Uh, and uh, Typically, uh, the hardest of hearing sit in the back. I don't know why that is, and so... I asked if I could have a microphone. I don't really need the microphone, but maybe somebody else here does. Um, my name's Keith. This is my wife, my sister, my sister Robin, my <laughs> wife Sharon, back there, and my uh, aged mother, uh, Anne, as you know. And I've heard very good things about this church for a long, long time, and I'm grateful to uh, be able to to speak to you this morning in spite of being related to Brian Odom. 
Um, I want to introduce you to this ministry that not a whole lot of people know about. It's called Grace Deaf Missions. Before we get uh, any further into the presentation, let me answer two questions that uh, you might be tempted to ask. I'll probably be able to turn this on, shouldn't I? I can see it fine. I don't particularly care for technology. I, I tend to be a little uh, allergic to it or it to me or something. Something always goes wrong. So when it does, just, you know, that, that's the way, that's normal for me. Uh, Grace Deaf Missions taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus to the deaf of Mexico. Two questions. Why the deaf? And this is why, why the death, and why Mexico? Now before I even answer those questions, I want to step back one more step and try to give you the biblical motivation for our ministry. If you would... Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I'm not going to preach a full sermon because I know that there are people here who want to leave at the strike of 12, so that's okay, myself included. I like to eat too. But Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31, and I'm going to read down through verse 46. You may be familiar with this passage. But I want to point out something in particular that's found here. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous... Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And a lot of people stop there. Let's keep going. 
Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now in that accounting by the Lord of the last judgment, there's one thing that you see, one characteristic that separates the sheep, the righteous, from the goats, the unrighteous. Does anybody want to guess what it is, or do you want me to just tell you? Tell you what I'm thinking. This is the guess what Keith is thinking game. The one thing that separates the two is the sheep love their fellow sheep. And the reason they love their fellow sheep is because they love the Lord Jesus. And Jesus says to them, Inasmuch as you've given one of the least of these a cup of water, you've done it to me. The goats don't care about the sheep. They don't like the sheep. They're not interested in the sheep. They're interested in themselves because they have never ministered to the sheep, to the believers in their misery, in their thirsting, in their hungering, in their being in prison or sick or naked. They don't care. But Christians love one another. In fact, in John 13, 35, it says, they will know that you're my disciples. Why? If you love one another. If you love each other. And in 1 John, as we were talking this morning in Sunday school, one of the characteristics of a true believer is love. Love for the Lord and consequently for other believers. And a person who doesn't have that characteristic of love and mercy towards fellow believers who are suffering, that's an indication, not proof, but indication that that person isn't a believer at all. It's this, this care for people who are suffering that motivates all legitimate Christian ministry. Ours is just one of them. And I believe that, uh, I believe that the people that we are ministering to, even though they may resent me saying this, I believe they are some of the most needy people on the face of the planet. Why, why minister to the deaf? Well, because primarily because of their serious lack of access to the biblical gospel. There is a serious lack, a serious neglect that has taken place amongst believers toward the deaf for Certainly decades, probably centuries, here in America. The deaf are considered to be one of the largest, if not the largest, unreached people group in the world. 
You say, how is that even possible? How could that be? Well, because they live all over the world. You don't have, the deaf don't all live in China. The deaf live everywhere. You have Chinese deaf and Russian deaf and African deaf and Mexican deaf. They're everywhere. There are millions and millions of them all over the world. And another reason why they're so hard to reach is because sign language is different all over the world. There's a common misconception that sign language is universal. That American sign language is taught everywhere and all deaf people know it everywhere. And that's absolutely not true. Sharon and I, we both know American Sign Language, but when we go to Mexico, we don't know Mexican Sign Language. We don't even know Spanish, so we're completely you know, out of touch whenever we go to Mexico. I have to have an interpreter for both Spanish and Mexican Sign Language when I go to Mexico to teach. This group, uh, this is a report from... Uh, Door International, and they claim that the deaf are the largest unreached people group in the world. In fact, if you can read the small print, only 5% of sign languages have Bible translation work started. Started. That's, that's how neglected they have been as far as gospel ministry is concerned for forever. According to Door International, there are over 400 known sign languages in use around the world today, yet not one of these has a full Bible in their language, and only 5% of sign languages have a Bible translation work started. The deaf are one of the largest unreached people groups with an estimated 0.2% reached globally and only 2 to 4% in the U.S. reached with the gospel of Christ. So even in the best of circumstances, you have best case scenario, 96% of the deaf population in the United States has no access to the gospel. You say no access, there's churches everywhere. How many of you know sign language? Okay. If a blind person came into your church, you would know it immediately, wouldn't you? How would you know that there was a blind person coming in here? How, how could you tell that they were handicapped with no sight? How would you know? They'd have a cane. They might have a dog. They might be walking in holding somebody's shoulder, uh, elbow as they walk in, and you, you can see just the way they move that, that they can't see. If a deaf person walked in, how would you know that they were deaf? And what's the difference between the two? Now, a blind person, you can say, we're glad to have you. Please come in. Uh, let's you sit right here. Here's, here's the hymnal, although you probably already know all the hymns. And they could sing. They could carry on a conversation. They could join you for dinner afterwards. And then they could uh, have someone drive them home afterwards. If a deaf person came in, what could you do for them? Nothing. There is no reason for a deaf person to come to this church 
or to the vast majority of churches all over this country because there's no one there who can minister to them. Now, I didn't say that just to make you feel guilty. It's just to illustrate the problem. The issue is they don't have access to the gospel. And it's right here. And they still don't have access to it. Because we don't have the means by which to present it to them in a way that they can understand it. There is one group of translators in Mexico that we have worked with uh, briefly on a few occasions. And they've been working on a translation of the Bible in Mexican Sign Language for over 20 years. And they're almost done with the New Testament. Now that's how difficult this work is. So, why the death? Well, one reason, because the need is just enormous. It's enormous. Most of the 70 million deaf people around the world have never seen Jesus' name signed in their language. So, that's why. That's why the death. That's why Grace Deaf Mission. Well, why Mexico? Well, one reason, one very practical reason is because it's really close. You don't have to go over any large bodies of water to get there. You could walk there. It's not a long, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it, but it's a long, you, could, you can walk to Mexico. Uh, and I don't like flying any further than necessary, especially over large bodies of water. Another reason why we go to Mexico is because the need there in Mexico is far, far greater than the need amongst the deaf in the United States. Far greater. And then a, a third reason why we go to Mexico is because uh, this guy invited us. This is uh, Alberto Alcantar. He was a student uh, in Pennsylvania when we were there and we uh, befriended him because he's deaf. Uh, he's, he's from Mexico, he's deaf, and he knows four languages. Now that's how smart the deaf can be. Many deaf people are considered to be stupid or, or uh, mentally retarded. They're not. They, they are capable of uh, <laughs> learning just as much as you and I can learn given the right circumstances. Yes. Yeah, ignorant, they just don't know. That's not meant to be a, a, a pejorative term. They're just, they're just ignorant. And they don't have access to decent education in Mexico. And I, by decent as education, I don't mean college. I mean first grade. I mean kindergarten, they don't have access to. Well, the Lord saved Alberto about 20 years ago while he was spending some time with us at our house. And uh, he wanted us, and I, I guess me in particular, to come to Mexico to share the gospel with his deaf community there. So we, and I'm making a really long story really short. Uh, we eventually uh, assembled a team of deaf pastors from the United States and interpreters for, for me uh, to go to Leon in uh, Mexico. Uh, just, just so you know, Mex uh, Leon 
don't know if you can see this, but uh, Mexico City is right here. Leon is right here. That's where Alberta is from. And so we went to Leon. We held a week of uh, deaf Bible conference, Bible studies, and uh, we've been going ever since. In uh, 2013, that was our first trip, and we met a guy named Omar Vasquez. Uh, Omar was uh, in the church where we met there in Leon, and uh, he is not deaf, he's hearing. And uh, immediately the Lord created a bond between Omar and myself. And we've been working together up until this moment. He is, he is now ministering to the deaf today, this morning, uh, I think in Leon. But I'm not sure exactly where he is today. So we began in 2013. And from 2013 to 2019, uh, we continued uh, conducting a weekend uh, teaching conferences several times a year. We would go as often as funds were available for Sharon and me to fly down to Leon. And then uh, I would, I and a couple of other guys would conduct a Bible conference over the space of a couple of days and invite the deaf to come, and they would. And they would, sometimes they would come in great numbers. Uh, we've conducted uh, baptisms for several whom the Lord has saved. We, we built an apartment for a young couple who had a little baby whose house was falling, literally falling in on them because of the earthquakes that plagued Mexico City. And so we were able to help them build a new home. Um, we provided wheelchairs for some who are incapacitated in that way. Hearing aids we've purchased for... Uh, several people, I believe. I know I'm thinking of one young boy that we bought hearing aids for. Groceries for some of the deaf who are just poverty stricken. They can't even afford food. And, and other things for the deaf who are in perpetual need. This, this by the way, is uh, a picture of one of the baptisms. This is Miguel. This is my wife signing and talking to some of the deaf. This is the construction project that we were on for uh, Brother Ivan. And this is a part of our team that has ministered on several occasions. You can see Omar on the far left there and Alberto right there to my right. Our primary goal in Mexico among the deaf is to preach and to teach the gospel. To help them understand who Jesus is. Now, if you can't read and you live in a country that's 95 to 99% Roman Catholic. What do you know about Jesus? Well, if you just move around in Mexico for about 10 minutes, you'll find out that Jesus is either a baby in Mary's arms or dead on a cross. And that's it. That's what you know. Because the Catholic Church isn't concerned about reaching the deaf even with a false gospel. They're just not concerned. All the deaf know about Jesus is what they can see. And what they see is images of Jesus and Mary over and over and over again. And they know that Mary is really awesome and they're not real sure who Jesus is or what the connection is because nobody tells them. In, in other words, what we have found in Mexico is that the deaf are a blank slate. They know nothing about the gospel. 
They know nothing about a lot of stuff, but especially the gospel and the Bible. In fact, let me give you a really brief example here in the United States. We had a a friend, I was teaching a Bible study to some uh, deaf guys, and I was talking about Cain and Abel, who were the sons of Adam and Eve. And this deaf man, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Now he had been going to church all of his life, and he was 60 years old. He said, what, Adam and Eve had children? Yeah, 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 they they had children. They had lots and lots and lots of children. I mean, it's just basic Bible knowledge. This guy didn't know even after being in church for 60 years. So what what has he learned in 60 years of going to church? Pretty much nothing. And that's here in the United States. So our goal is to impart gospel information. The the clear teaching of the gospel in Mexican sign language. You say, you say well, Keith, you said you don't, know, you don't know Mexican sign language. Alberto is my interpreter. I'm in this black spot right here. I'm teaching. I'm the teacher. And he is interpreting from American sign language into Mexican sign language during the, the, the teaching sessions. So that's been uh, the, the primary goal. And our work even continued through COVID in 2020 and 2021. Omar and his wife just continued teaching uh, even, even through that period where everybody else was locked down and we couldn't, I don't even think we could have gone to Mexico if we'd wanted to. Yes, sir. I'm I'm signing. He can't hear. He can't hear. He's deaf. Alberto. Alberto's deaf. And I'm signing. I'm talking to the deaf. And they don't know what I'm saying because they don't know American Sign Language. But they appreciate a hearing guy even trying to communicate with sign language. And so there's a there's a level of respect given to me just because I'm capable of signing. And Alberto is watching me, and he's translating on the fly as, as I teach. In 2019, just prior, in fact, it was in December of 2019, COVID had just come on the scene, and we didn't know. We didn't even know at that time. But the Lord impressed upon Sharon and me that uh, this needed to be this ministry needed to be transferred into the hands of the Mexicans. That we don't want this to be an American ministry in Mexico. We want this to be a Mexican ministry in Mexico, and we'll help you any way we can. Uh, that eliminates the, the huge expense of just travel, just traveling back and forth, and enables us to uh, give those funds to the deaf and to help them directly. So, uh, Omar and Francis... They took that baton and they have run with it ever since. And now, instead of us visiting two or possibly three times in a year for a weekend at a time, these guys are visiting four different cities every other weekend. 
So we went from three encounters with the deaf a year to two encounters every month, instantly. And so we've been funding uh, their ministry and uh, just, just keeping it going. Here's uh, our team in Celaya. And then uh, another city that uh, we meet in is Irapuato. And these are some of the deaf people that we minister to there. Salamanca and Leon. So these are the places where our team there in Mexico travel every other weekend. They, they teach. Uh, they try to meet uh, specific physical needs that some of the deaf may have. Uh, like a wheelchair, like a bed. Uh, for someone who's bedridden, uh, things like that. But we certainly want to explain and teach the gospel. Now, I've got about six minutes as far as I can tell, unless I've only got one minute. How much time do I have left? About six. About six. Here we go. Three goals that I want to share with you for Grace Deaf Missions. Three goals uh, for the coming year. And if we have to extend it past that, well, okay. The first one, Omar and Francis are not full-time missionaries. They do this almost on a volunteer basis. Uh, we supply them with a stipend to cover their travel expenses. They live in Mexico City, but they travel for five hours one way to Leon and then to the other cities that are within an hour or two of Leon every other weekend. So they're doing a tremendous amount of work that we couldn't possibly have done trying to run things from here. They want to become full-time missionaries. Omar works in the banking industry. He does some kind of software voodoo stuff. I don't even know what it is. But that's his job, and currently he's unemployed. So now he would really like to be a full-time missionary. And so... The, the baton has been passed from us to Omar and Francis. They're doing the ministry. We're trying to give them the tools to do it, the funds. I'm, I'm the Grace Theft Missions fundraiser now. And this is my job, is to not go to Mexico and teach anymore because they can handle that. My job is to make sure they have the money to buy the gas to put in the car to go five hours one way and to buy food and all that stuff and to buy stuff for the deaf. So that's the first goal that we have uh, this coming year is to, is to raise enough new funding in order for Omar and Francis to become full-time missionaries and not depend on secular work for income. Second goal, to provide finances to allow Alberto to operate his school for the deaf full-time. He has wanted to have a school for the deaf ever since before he was saved. He has conducted schooling for children in a number of different locations that were willing to donate the space to him for free. He doesn't have any funding to do this. Well, now there's, we found a church that is willing to, to uh, rent him some space and we're paying the rent. It's a small place, doesn't have air conditioning, really hot in the summer because they go to school all the time. But we want for Alberto to be able to do this full time. He has a secular job. He works for the government. 
If we could raise enough funding for him to do this full time, he could conduct his schooling and nothing else and, and devote himself to that one thing that he's wanted to do practically all of his life. Um, the school for the deaf is a key part of teaching and training not only ABCs and science and math, but so that they have access to the Bible. If you can't read, well, you can't read the Bible. Not only can you not read the menu at Cracker Barrel, but you can't read the Bible. And so our goal is to educate these children so that they, at an early age, have access to the Scriptures. And so that they can begin to learn. And eventually our long-term goal, which is not one of the three, is to plant a deaf church with deaf leaders and deaf pastors and deaf missionaries reaching other deaf. Well, how can you do that if they don't know how to read? So this is key. Uh, Alberto is willing to do the work. He needs the funding to be able to do it well. And then, uh, by the way, uh, the deaf children in Mexico are not required to go to school. And if they do go to school, the schools are not required to provide translators for them. So why go? If you don't have a translator, if you can't hear, why, why would you go? There's no reason to go to school. So they don't. And so they live lives of poverty. And the, the only kind of jobs they can get are the most menial of tasks. And that's their life. So... If a child cannot hear, if a child cannot read, if he can't write, if he has no vocabulary and no means of communication and is largely ignorant of the world around him, even to the point of not even knowing his own name. We have met teenagers who don't know what their own names are because they don't know sign language. Well, if they're in that condition, then how are they going to grasp the gospel, if they don't even know their own names. That's, the thing. That's why they're the most unreached of the unreached. So, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ, well, okay, well that's great if you can hear. But if you can't hear, it doesn't matter how loud it is or how clear it is. It has to be presented in a manner in which they can understand it. It is a gigantic task that we are participating in. The deaf cannot hear with their ears, but rather they hear with their eyes. They learn, they hear by seeing. So we go to them where they are. We meet with them in their homes. We have meals with them. We share uh, the scriptures with them. Uh, in their own language, in sign, Mexican sign language. And we want to start a school. Here are some of uh, uh, Alberto's current students. All these are teenagers, and some of them don't know sign language. So this is their first exposure to language at 15 years old. Now all of this, all of these goals that we have is going to require a major increase in our funding, and this, that's why I'm here. Uh, we, we need money. We don't need all your money, but we'd like to have some of it so we can, so we can move ahead and move forward. Uh, I'm going to show you some statistics that may shock you. It actually shocked me when I read them just a couple months ago. I asked our church uh, 
financial person to send me these statistics. Total donors in 2022, 42. This is not a gigantic work. This is a tiny little mission outreach. Total monthly recurring donors, eight. That is what shocks me. Because I'm, I don't really see the money. The money comes into the church and I kind of distribute it as it's needed. But I don't, I don't really see until like the end of the year who gave what. Because I don't want to be that close to it. I want to maintain a little bit of distance. Total gifts given through October, $43,000. Average monthly, $4,300. Recurring monthly, $1,400.85 a month. Typical month is $2,860. So we are doing a gigantic amount of work for pennies. This is not a lot of money. And what we want to do in the, in the year to come and possibly in the next year to come, I would love to see these numbers triple. To get Omar Francis fully funded. To get um, uh, Alberto fully funded. And then a, a third thing that we wanted to do, if possible, is to start a... Uh, like a food pantry for the deaf, specifically for the deaf community. So, my goal, my personal goal for 2023 is to visit at least a dozen new churches and make this presentation, and you're number one. You're the first one on the list for this year. So pray for our efforts as we move forward, as we, as we try to raise these funds for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the deaf who don't have access to it. Uh, ask the Lord if he would have you become a partner in this work with us. We have uh, little prayer cards. Pastor Jerry has them, I think. Okay. Uh, if anyone would like one that doesn't have one, please, we have more. We have hundreds more. So please feel free to ask for one. Uh, and ask the Lord how he would have you help us in this. Uh, on the back of the prayer card is some information on how you can give. You can uh, get our monthly newsletter just by sending us an email, keithandsharon at gmail.com. Pretty easy. I'm Keith. She's Sharon. Spell out and. And there you go. And we will hook you up with the monthly newsletter. Uh, it is long <laughs> because Omar likes to talk. But he's the one who typically writes the newsletter. And I try not to mess with it. I try to leave it alone so that you can hear him and his heart. Uh, you can send a tax uh, donation to our church, Park Baptist Church. They're the ones who oversee the, the receiving and the distribution of the funds primarily so you can get a tax break on it. Or PayPal is another way that you can reach us. Any questions? I got I'm four minutes over. I apologize profusely. Any, any, any questions? Usually people do have questions. Have they ever approached this from um, the point of doing presentations to doing those in both surgeons to look at underlying cause and also reach a group of people that have extraordinary empathy mm. for hearing difficulties? Because that's a massive American tragedy. And their interest is serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more people are becoming aware of the desperate plight of the deaf. A large part of the deafness in Mexico has to do with just lack of access to medical 
just basic medical treatment, especially in rural areas. A lot of children are born deaf or born sick and become deaf. Some of it is uh, heretic, uh, heretical, <laughs> hereditary, hereditary. We, we know entire families that are deaf. Parents are deaf and they have deaf children. Uh, and so you see a lot of that in Mexico that you don't see here just because we're more advanced in that particular department. But they're, they're advancing. I don't, know, I don't have any more detail than that. Any other questions? I, I'll take one more. That's what I understood. So I'm going to sit down so y'all can give us all your money. <laughs> Thank you so much. We had an offer for you, or not offer for you, but a closing hymn. We'll sing it in a minute, but. Uh, I want you to take a little bit of time, uh, kind of like we do for communion. Go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, and then what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, pass the uh, plate. I'll get a cup, Brian, and come come and uh, pass the plate, and we'll do a love offer. Uh, think about this. Keep this mission in your in your heart. Uh, Keith will know what I'm talking about. You would not believe. The phone calls and the emails and the uh, and, and text messages I get from so many missionaries wanting to come and present their their uh, their program and all of them are worthwhile. But as as pastor, uh, it's my job to to filter, for lack of a better term, and this uh, one. Is a good. One. This one is one that's meeting a substantial need. I did not realize that the deaf were the most unreached people group in the world. And you know, those of us who who uh, do ministry and, and, and as a vocation, that's what that's what one of the biggest challenges is is to getting and reaching the unpe the unreached people groups in their own language. And it takes time to translate those the Bible into that language so they can actually hear the gospel in their own language. And so they're having to start from scratch, like meeting a, a, a people group that was isolated for thousands of years. And that's where you're at now. That's exactly where they're at. And so they're making inroads. Um, and... and Frankly, uh, in outside the United States, uh, if it wasn't for uh, non-governmental organizations, they would still flounder uh, because governments are just not—it's not on their—it's not on their horizon. And a lot of governments, unfortunately, uh, they really don't care about the underclass. They don't because they're focused too much on what the elite. And, and the upper middle class and they are those in, in every nation uh, so the funds that could be directed there siphoned off for whatever reason uh, most of them start with the letter C corruption but that's just me in a, in a little bit of a, uh, 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 
commentary there, but be in prayer about this. This is the, this is a worthwhile vision. This is one that, that obviously God has placed on people's hearts. And, and see what happened? Look at, did you notice that all of the pictures of, of the, the death community that was, they all had smiles on their face. I didn't see one of them frown. And that's what happens when you do mission work and you get involved with God. The need is so great, you can't handle it. And it upsets you because you can't fix it. And so Keith has got the, the unenviable position of having to solicit funds. And it's hard. It's hard going in knowing Okay, the people are going to sit there, oh, he's waiting, he's going to give this pitch, and how much money can I afford to give? It's hard going in, but, but he's doing it because God's placed it on his heart for those people in Mexico. Yes, Keith. Let me just. <laughs> Go ahead. There was a time when I had to do this and say, you know, I, I need your money. I don't need your money. Omar and Alberto need your money. I'm just going to pass it along to them. And I, it's much easier for me to say, hey, you need to help them because they're worth it. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just here to tell you that they need it. We, we don't. Right. I'm, that, that part, I, 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 I glossed over that. And it's easier for me to ask money for them. Than to ask <laughs> right. money for it's me. always easier to ask money for somebody else than it is for your own self. But uh, uh, pray about this thing. And see if this is something you want to do. See if this is something that you, you know, they only got eight Continuous gifts? Eight. And look what work is being done with eight. Just think of my, just think of eight of us did it. The impact that that would have. Yeah, so that's just something to think about. Go to the Lord in prayer. And while you're praying, uh, ask God to put it on your heart and see if this is something you can do. You, only you and your spouse and your families know your financial situation. You know. Sometimes we're supposed to give till it hurts. Maybe, maybe, maybe today's the day for you to hurt. I don't know. It's between you and the Lord. But anyway, uh, I'm going to have David and Red come up here. Y'all got plates, right? Or David and Brown. Oh, y'all, well, whoever. I see Red standing there. That's us.
So just real quick, for those that don't know, there's a, it's called a QR code on the back of these cars. You open up, you can open up the camera, and you can literally take a picture of it. Without the type of finger, you're just going to get a part of your camera. You might do that. <laughs> I'm like Keith, you know, me and the me and the demons and that stuff right there don't get along sometimes. Uh, anyway, so let's let's go to the Lord in prayer and, and, and ask God to to reveal, you know, whether this is something that you personally uh, want to support and then act on. Stand our closing hymn is page 434. I have decided to follow Jesus.
the death mission, Grace Death Mission. Pray that God send us a piano foot. Yeah. Uh, we, we need one. I renewed the ad. Um, and so uh, just pray that, uh, that we will find one who wants to serve here uh, and, and on a regular basis. Uh, it would be nice. <laughs> uh, as we get ready to go out this week, remember, remember, you are the representative of Christ. Uh, Brother Robert, close us in prayer, please. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for all the reminders from the scripture and, and for this reminder of this mission. This mission uh, is to a people group that some reach. Lord, we know that you are in each and every believer's heart and give us those things that are needed for the moment so whoever, whosoever will that we come our way may we have the gospel message keep us safe wrap your arms around us lead guide and direct us through this week and bring us back here safely uh, this next week we thank you, we love you, we praise you and we Close now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.